Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Sunday, August the 22nd, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat, how are you managing your life? How are you managing your life? And how are you managing? That and one or two other things coming up next. Welcome back. And thank you, dear listener, for your company. It's greatly appreciated on this Sunday. Thank you very much. I hope your Sunday's going well. I hope it is. I hope that you are feeling well and that you and the people around you that you love and care about are the same way in terms of the way they feel and also how they're doing. I know there are challenges that we will face on a daily basis. And so we do have to check in with ourselves and with each other. And for those of you who haven't spoken to someone that you love or care about in a little while or even a long while, pick up the phone and call them, please. It's good to connect. It's good to stay in touch. And I'm not talking texting them. I'm talking picking up the telephone. Dialing those numbers and putting your phone to your ear and uh, listening out for a response, a voice and a conversation. These are the things that are important, particularly now. They've always been important, but they are important now and they will remain ever important. So that's number one before I get to what I really want to get to today Number two is vaccinations. If you have not yet been vaccinated, please do. If you know people that have not been vaccinated, please tell them that they should get vaccinated, fully vaccinated. It's very important. If you find that there are people that you know, people in your inner circle, people in your family, who you have tried to tell, and that you have told to get vaccinated and they're still not doing it, I suggest you just leave them alone. I know that's a heartbreakingly cold thing to say, but that is the truth of the matter because you can only bang your head against a brick wall so many times before you become completely concussed. And so I would recommend that you stop banging your head against that brick wall. In fact, I would recommend that you really don't Bang your head against it at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really would recommend that you don't do that. So if you have tried to reach out to a family member or someone that you really care about in your life who is not a family member and told them, hey, look, you know, you really do need to get vaccinated. This is so important. We must do this. You must do this. This is about your life and the life of other people. So many other people that you could end up killing. If you don't get vaccinated, you could end up dying yourself. If you've had that kind of conversation with someone that you really care about and they choose to just continue to ignore you and to basically say, shove it, I am not getting this vaccine, you have to turn around and leave them alone. I know, I know. But you just have to. And be done with them. So, I know, it's it's tough love, it's cold, but, you know, so are the bodies of over 4 million people across the world. They're cold too. 
because of this freaking virus and because of a number of other issues, including government stockpiling vaccine, people being ignorant, societies and cultures practicing ignorance and making it their mantra and their anthem. Their national anthem is ignorance and so many other things, politics, racism, you know, all of these things account for why some of the four million bodies are cold. Cold, they're dead. Right? Especially on the African continent and other places where the resources have been taken from the continent by the British, by the United States, you know, by the Dutch, by the, you know, I can go on and on and on and on, you know, the French. Right? Certainly by the, the British, the Dutch, the French. Hello? So, there are over 4 million people now who are dead from this virus. And we need to just keep telling people to get vaccinated. I have decided that I am not going to read out any more stories of people who are saying that they, who said that they were against taking this vaccination and against mask wearing who end up dying. I'm going to stop. Yesterday was the last one. That was with the conservative talk show host, the talk radio host in, um, I believe it was Tennessee, who died yesterday after, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no mask, oh, stupid, oh, I'm going to make fun of the Beatles song, The Tax Man, and I'm going to go, Vax Man, and make fun of it, right? And I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to take a vaccination. I'm not going to get vaccinated. And then his ass is up in the ICU. And then his wife is telling everybody who he wants everyone to know that you, you should all get vaccinated. Tell his audience, I am here as his wife telling you, telling you as members of his audience to get vaccinated. And now his ass is dead. Uh, that's it. This is the last time you're going to hear me talk about those kinds of people because I don't want to contribute to giving attention to idiots, to idiots who we refuse to take this vaccination. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I really wish the corporate news media would stop doing it as well. But, I, you know, they've got a function that they have to fulfill or that they want to fulfill. And instead of, like I've said before, instead of focusing on these fools who end up dead, right? And their ignorance kills them and their own willful narrow-mindedness and fear kills them. Right. Instead of doing that, cover the thousands and millions of people who are getting vaccinated. Make that the heart of your news broadcast. And that's what I'm going to do. Right. Right. I may as well practice what I'm preaching because I think that's a good freaking idea. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and be a complete, you know, I don't want to sit here and say all these things, but I'm not doing them myself. Come on. That would not be good of me. And that would not be good for those of you, dear listener, who listen to me, including you, of course. I mean, because that's not a good example to set. Not just for me, obviously, but for you, right? If you're listening to me, there on some level is a trust. And I put those words, that word in quotes or an asterisk around either one, either side of that word. But the point is, is that you obviously trust me enough to listen to me. And I don't think I've ever steered you wrong yet, you know, but if I have, then please tell me. And if I know that I have, I certainly make every attempt to correct 
and do so quickly and apologize. And then uh, do try to do better next time and pledge to do better and work on doing better next time. Because that's what we have to do. It's what I have to do. So there's a responsibility that I have too. Um, yes, I do give opinion. Yes, I do. But also, not, not but, and also I read out fact-based things, things based in fact, history, in science, and all of these things, right, that make us, you know, you know, alive. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting carried away here. Um, here's the thing that you should um, be aware of, and I'm going to say this now again. We are doing well in these vaccinations. We are getting better in this country, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, we are getting better there. And there are other nations that are as well. I spoke about New Zealand yesterday. And although New Zealand now is in lockdown and is likely to be in lockdown for another week beginning on Tuesday, pending the meeting that Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, is having with her cabinet, um, New Zealand is still ahead of the curve. Uh, a lot of curve, a lot of other countries are. But then, of course, there are obvious places that are not. India is still in huge trouble. Guatemala and Brazil in huge trouble. And all of these, Indonesia, and if you think about all of these places in the African continent, these are places that have been colonized. These are places that have had people invade them. I mean, these are places, and, and hello. And so, you know, history is very important here because the people and the countries, England, Britain, rather, the UK, who have colonized England, Right? have a real responsibility to these nations and to, some, to these places that they've gone into and colonized. And they need to be sending all kinds of aid and supplies. And I'm not saying they're not doing that. They are in some cases. But they need to step it up some more. Don't throw charity at us, Boris Johnson. You really need to do better than the bare minimum. And uh, that incompetent joke of a foreign secretary that you've got there, Dominic Robb, needs to go. And so do the lot of you, including Boris Johnson. But that's up to the voter in England. That's up to the voter in England across the UK. It's up to them. If they keep voting Tories in, their local Tory MP, their local Tory member of parliament, if they keep voting them in, Boris Johnson's going to stay in office unless he chooses to stand down. And you're going to still have Pretty Patel as your home secretary. You're still going to have Michael Gove in there. You're still going to have people like Gavin Williamson as your education secretary. And he's a freaking disgrace. He couldn't even tie his shoelaces if you gave him the directions to do it. Gavin Williamson is an absolute embarrassment. And he pulls his pants down every day for fun. And he moons the lot of you, and you still vote for this freaking government. I do not understand, dear listener, why people are doing this. I don't think you would understand it either. Because I, I have to ask people in England why they choose to do this. And the only way to do it, even if it means voting out a Tory MP that you really like, means that you have to get rid of this lot that are at the top of government. And that's the only way you can do it. And if enough people vote out these stories, you might have a chance. You might have a chance. But, you know, anyway, I digress a little. So I'm going to stop talking about these uh, people who choose to be ignorant. And I'm going to start talking about people and efforts 
that are about vaccinating people and saving lives. In other words, more life-affirming things <laughs> that make the world go round. Come on, technology isn't the thing that makes the world go round. I mean, come on. It, it Does it? Is it? Doesn't love make the world go round? Doesn't, don't people make the world go round? I mean, Soylent Green is people. <laughs> Soylent Green. By the way, that's a very grim-ass movie. If you've ever seen I just, this stream of consciousness with Soylent Green. Oh, goodness me. You have a look at that movie and see if you can sleep properly afterwards. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Soylent. S-O-Y-L-E-N-T. Green. Two words. I challenge you to sit and watch that movie and see if you can sleep easily afterwards. <laughs> oh, dearie, dear. Anyway, um, the thing is, let's focus on people who want to get vaccinated and who are. For example, here in San Francisco, California, um, the mayor, London Breed, um, has been making ads and all kinds of things, um, telling people to get vaccinated. Right? And is, here's a quote from a, a recent San Francisco Chronicle news article where she is quoted. She says, quote, I am getting calls on a regular basis, hearing about friends who have passed away because they have contracted COVID. Adding, quote, none of those people were vaccinated, end quote. So here is the mayor of San Francisco, right? Who is telling you, she's the first black female mayor of the city, by the way. And she's telling you that she is getting regular phone calls about her friends, some of her friends who have passed away from this freaking thing. Regular phone calls. Uh, this is the mayor. And it's not even about titles, but this is the mayor of the city saying this. The city of San Francisco, California. And she's telling you that she's getting regular calls, not one call every three months, not one call in six months, regular calls. And for a mayor, that is a lot of calls because mayors get calls from for all kinds of things. And she's saying regular calls with all the phone calls she gets every day. Come on now. So Mayor Breed is telling people here, get the shot. As they say here in the US, get the shot, right? And I can report to you, at least from this little corner of the world, little, 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 little corner of the world, little corner of the world, right? That here in San Francisco, 79% of the eligible San Franciscans, I don't know what that, I know what eligible means. Uh, it's categorized. But the article in the San Francisco Chronicle says, and I'm, I'm going to include this article in this newsletter that I promise will be out today, Sunday, August 22nd. I promise you, I promise you. And I'm not going to break that promise this time. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but this is the thing. The, this article says 79, 79% of eligible San Franciscans are fully vaccinated. Now, these rates, remember a few weeks ago, I told you, I told you, told you 
that the rates here in San Francisco are getting higher of people contracting contracting COVID because of this Delta variant is the major driver of this. And the rate of infection of COVID-19 persons here in San Francisco is actually higher than the whole state, had been higher than uh, the whole state. The rate is higher here in San Francisco than it is in the entire state of California, which is really troublesome. And I think one of the reasons that is, is not just because of the dense population. No, no, it's about people flinging off their masks out here and particularly in this part of, of town, um, feeling entitled and emboldened and, oh, it's not going to affect me. I'm going to look pretty if I walk down the street. And, you know, a mask crimps my style, man. I'm not going to sit out here and, and have a freaking pita cloth over my mouth and my face. You know, I'm, I want to look pretty. And I'm a pretty, pretty, pretty person. And I'm going to walk the straight and I'm going to wear nothing. And that's the way, you know, that's how it goes. And I'm going to look like this. And then they walk down the street here in town. And then they get con- they get confected. <laughs> confected, yeah. They get COVIDized or COVIDiatized. And when you've got a COVIDiat walking around, you want to steer clear of them. You really do want to you want to get away from them, mate. Which is why Mayor Breed has instituted and is now ongoing a mask mandate, number one, and a vaccination mandate, proof of, so that if you're going into indoor sports venues or if you're going into theaters, movie theaters, um, plays, and all those kinds of things, musicals and all these kinds of things, and other businesses, various businesses, you have to have with you proof of vaccination. In other words, you have the vaccination card. And not one that's fake, a real one that has actual information on it with labels stuck on it, sticky, sticky, sticky labels, right? Two of them, right? One for your first shot, one for your second, or um, some kind of uh, photograph of that, I believe. But it's got to be authenticated. You've got to look at it. Well, no, but you've got to, you, the photo has to clearly show your name and you've got to have ID to match that, right? Because they're going to ask you for your name, because you're not going to just take a photo. Oh, hey, friend, send me a photo of your vaccination card. I need to use it to get into this sporting event that I just paid 400 bucks for. Can you <laughs> can you send the text? Righty-ho, then. Thank you. And then you get the text, and it's got someone else's name on it. You think they're not going to ask you for your name? Of course they are. They need to verify. right? So hopefully if they do their job, that's what they will be doing. And so they're very serious about he- about this out here. Very serious. And so if they're serious, then, you know, my goodness me, uh, at least there's government in some places that actually cares, cares enough. And then you've got people grousing and complaining about that. It's, it's just, you know, anyway. But that's one thing I wanted to say. The other thing I wanted to say about people who are actually doing the right thing. Watford Football Club in England in a place called Hertfordshire, which is just outside of northwest London. Just to the north of London, just outside the northwestern part of London, is Hertfordshire, which is a county in England. And Watford is in the southwestern part of Hertfordshire. And so in the southwestern part of Hertfordshire, you have Watford and Watford Football Club, which you know I'm a big, big fan of. I've been a fan of theirs for such a long time. Formerly chairman Elton John's fan club. He's still part of Watford, of course, and still is a big supporter of Watford Football Club. He used to be chairman of the club for, I think, a 10-year period, or if not more. But that's not 
why I'm talking about this, is that Watford Football Club partnered today with Watford Council, which is the town council in Hertfordshire, um, which is kind of like the city hall area, I guess you'd call it, the town council of Hertfordshire. And it's just really good to see what they did there today. They had hundreds of people turn up at Vicarage Road Stadium, which is the home of Watford Football Club. And they all came to Vicarage Road Stadium today to get vaccinated. And there were hundreds of people, at least 200 or 300 people who got vaccinated. I think that's a fantastic thing. So uh, I want to say thank you and salut to Watford Council, to Watford Football Club, and most importantly of all, to the hundreds and hundreds of people who showed up to get vaccinated. Children, adults... And that's what we need. And that's the story that needs to get amplified. So I'm going to put it in the newsletter so you can read about it. Right? So happy days. People are getting vaccinated. There are more people in the world who are getting vaccinated, or at least more people in many countries who are getting vaccinated than people who are not getting vaccinated in some of those countries. Now, I get it. I recognize it that in some countries it is under 50%. Obviously on the African continent, obviously in some of the uh, Far Eastern countries, obviously in parts of India, that is not true. In many parts of India, that's not true, right? There's far less people getting vaccinated there and there's all kinds of reasons why. And the outreach has to grow. Um, The COVAC program has not had the kinds of success that it needs to have. I think there's things to do with financing. There's two things to do with outreach. There's things to do with politics, And COVAC, I'm not saying that they're not a good organization, but what I am saying is is they are not um, reaching the places that they really need to reach in the way they need to reach them. They've had some success, but there's a long way to go. And even uh, the head of the WHO um, had said this recently, back in April, about COVAC and about a number of other things. Um, that, you know, they're being severely underfunded. There's all kinds of things going on with that. You know, I had on a few months back, uh, Professor Beata Kampman, who's talked about about COVAC and about the other efforts that are going on. And, and uh, Pres- Professor Kampman does a lot of very good work for children on the African continent, in the Gambia, for example, in one of the countries, one of the countries there in the African continent. And she does a lot of work in London as well. Um, at the uh, London London Health and Tropical Medical Center, I believe it is, but I don't want to get that wrong, so I'll kind of revoke that. But she does a lot of work on all of these things uh, in, in children's medicine and all kinds of children's health and all kinds of very important work for kids, for children. You know, they're our future. They're, they're our present. You know, it's not even that they're our future. Children are our present, for goodness sake. And we have to really leave this world for them. And as they are here now... Um, usher them into a world that's going to be one that's more friendly to them and not less. But we've got a climate situation that we have totally effed up, that we, we as the uh, generations before, the boomers and them and them and them and thems and others, right? We have failed. Well, we failed. So anyway, um, vaccination news. That that those are the two pieces of information that I wanted to, to start with. Right, something positive, positive. And then I'm gonna continue with something positive after the break. So it concerns you, it concerns you, and it concerns 
you. Welcome back. How are you? How are you managing? How are you managing your life? Wow. Pretty heavy, huh? To resume a podcast episode with that structuring of those questions, which are all one question, but also three separate questions, which is why I opened this segment the way I did just now. How is life for you? You know, every now and again, I check in with you and ask you about how you're doing. I mean, I ask you that every day or I I hope that things are going reasonably well or very well for you every day, of course. What I'm asking here, though, is how are you feeling about things? I mean, I have, on a number of occasions here, talked about some of the things that I think that you and I can do to alleviate, alleviate, some of the more stressful episodes and aspects of living. You know, I did the thing about, well, you know, you should, when you wake up or before you really get out of bed, think about just just count backwards. And some people will say, that's just so cockamamie BS. I mean, count backwards. What am I going to do? Count sheep? Count people? What am I going to do? Count the number of people who've died from COVID-19. Oh, my, you know, forgive the gallows humor. But the thing is, is that that may work for someone. It may work for no one. It is one of the things I suggest. If there are things that you do that you find to be a more alleviating thing than being in bed counting backwards, then you do whatever that is that helps you. Once you're in bed, I'm only saying this before you, you know, before you get out of bed in any given day, on any given day, while you're lying there trying to wake the sleep and rub the sleep out of your eyes, count backwards from 10 to 1. That's all. And I have said this because I find that it's something that helps to alleviate a little anxiety. It may not do the trick for you. There is mindfulness, of course, is very important. I would submit that counting backwards is also a form of mindless mindlessness. Yeah, <laughs> Freudian slip. Mindfulness. But mindfulness is one of the ultimate things that we can do every day in our lives. Just to order ourselves before we get into this grimy ass day. <laughs> that we're prepared to walk into. But it doesn't have to be grimy. It can be hopeful. Positivity. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. So we can look at a day that comes to us that we are ready to step into with all the possibilities of it. It could be bleak as ass. It could be really good. It could be very uplifting. It could be very exciting. It could be very uh, so-so or unproductive. It could be very difficult and traumatic and very tough. It could be any of those things or all of those things at the same time. It could be one after the other. I don't know. But that's what life affords us every day. Every day that we are here, or as some people say, every day that we are above ground is a good day. And that's kind of true, you know. Unless you have COVID-19. 
well, unless you have any kind of really serious ailment, but you'd rather be above ground than not. Well, maybe some people wouldn't. That's, you know, that's another thing. That's another issue that could really take another episode. But what I'm saying is that how do you start to frame your day? How do you structure it? How do you manage it? How do you begin to construct? Because you can't foresee everything that's going to happen at any given day. Life is so random that way and so blimey challenging and full of uncertainty. And that scares the bejesus out of the average person, out of you, out of me, out of all of us. We're all looking to get through one day and go from A to Z without getting besieged and without getting shot, without getting some ignorant person breathing or coughing on us, without getting, you know, whatever, God forbid, all the other traumas. I don't even want to go there because you know the traumas out there. We want to just get through every day. That's human life. That's preservation. That is, you know, You just want to get through the day and hope your children are okay at school. You want to get through the day and hope that you don't have something going on with your child. Ooh, he got into a fight today. Johnny got into a fight. And he actually uh, broke the uh, rib of the other kid that he was fighting. (gasps) Or, you know what? Josanna, she got into a fight today and Josanna got her tooth knocked out. You don't want to have to go through a day and have that happen if you have children. You don't want to hear about that. You don't want to hear about it for any child and certainly not your own. So, yes, every day is fraught with something that could happen, but you do not cower under the sheets because of that. Right? There are obviously things that give us reason to stay in bed. Mental illness, depression, all of these kinds of things that are very legitimate and understandable reasons why people are in bed all day and cannot literally move a muscle because it is that kind of situation. And so I think this particular thing, this particular episode and what I'm about to go into probably does not apply to such persons. However, I would say that if you are someone that suffers with um, some really serious mental health anxieties and mental health um, situations and challenges, um, I do hope that you do have a support network around you. And if you don't, there are hotlines And all kinds of hotline numbers. And I've given these out before. I don't wish to give them out at this point. But you can simply do a simple search online for these. Um, Mental health hotlines. Mental health issues. Um, There's also the National Suicide Hotline. I'm not suggesting that that's where, where you are, dear listener. Although there are people who are in a bad way like that. That really there's a lot of things that go on in people's lives. And I have no idea. And some of you have no idea. And some of you do have an idea, a real idea of what that is. You might be living with someone who is in this particular situation. You yourself might be. So, again, I I do recognize this as I talk here. I do want to preface what I'm about to say with those kinds of words because I think it's very important to make sure that you are fully accounted for. 
and that you are accountable and that you are sensitive enough to see that everyone is not in the same boat exactly and that you can use your privilege because we all have some kind of privilege. I have privilege as a man, male privilege, right? And you have privilege in some way, shape or form. And we have to be charged to use that privilege for good, not to be destructive, not to be almighty and powerful, and not to be an ass, right? We have to use privilege in a constructive and helpful way. And we have to be cognizant of the privilege that we have and what we have to do with it to help others. And that's critical if we are wanting to be better peoples, people, persons, persons, people. <laughs> this is critical. I, I'm laughing, but it's, this is what we have to do. So I do recognize that there are people with all kinds of challenges who cannot do or who will find it extremely challenging to do what I am uh, getting into here, which is, look, I want you to begin your day with some kind of mindfulness or some kind of spending 10 minutes with your eyes closed, counting backwards, whatever it is. And then I want you to do some kind of exercise, whatever that might be, right? Whatever that might be. I don't care if it's um, Kegel exercises, K-E-G-E-L. I don't care if it's Kegel exercises. I don't care if it's sit-ups, push-ups. I don't care if it's running around your neighborhood for 15 minutes or 20 minutes nonstop, jogging around your neighborhood for 15 minutes. I don't care if it's a 15 to 30 minute walk. I talk about the importance of 15 to 30 minutes every day, either walking or running. And if you can't do it every day, do it three times a week at the bare minimum. And I'm talking about all age groups, right? And if you can't run or walk, make sure you're by a window hopefully inhaling some half-decent air. So these are, the, these are the ways I would love for you to get into a certain headspace, particularly for Mondays. If you are someone who works at this time, whether you're working from home or whether you're working in an office, <gasps> offices, why would you want to go back? I recognize there are some people who have no choice in the matter because... They are workers who are essential and their work is governed by offices or storefronts. So they have to go in. So I am not dismissing them. And what I'm saying is, is that as you get into Monday and maybe your work day begins today, maybe it began today. But as you get into Monday, you want to start that day with your head space in your control. Because after you start work. Or after you start whatever venture you're doing, whether you're at work or not, and you're doing some kind of venture on Monday, there are going to be people who are going to throw spanners and monkey wrenches into the works, right? And they're going to clog up the gears and they're going to be this and they're going to be that. And then there are going to be some people who aren't. They're going to be very decent and very good to you, right? And they're going to be helpful and they're going to be nice and they're going to be this and they're going to be that. And they're going to be all about positive energy and mental energy that's positive. And that is what you want to be around. And I want you to prepare your mental headspace, your headspace to go with the flow 
of what is to come this week or tomorrow or Tuesday or the whole blooming week, right? That's what I'm saying. And if it works for you, it works for you. If you can start your day by mastering your area of how you start your day, then the rest will not be quite so challenging. It's going to be challenging, but maybe not as challenging because you've already fortified yourself in your routine mentally and physically to set yourself for the day ahead. You have got to do you. You know, you see that phrase all over Twitter, right? I've seen it at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. And when I go in there to my Twitter account, right? At that address I just quoted. I see tweets that say, you do you. And I agree with that. You do you. And you've got to do you before you do someone else. And I don't mean it like that. I'm talking about You've got to do what works for you and do who you are. Express yourself. Be about yourself. Be a little selfish. And make sure you begin your morning, your afternoon, your night, however you start your day. And your day can start at night. So I recognize that too. Everyone doesn't start their day at a particular hour. Everyone starts their day differently and at different hours of a day. And whether you're working or whether you're not working, whatever that task is, you've got to do. And you know you've got to get it done. You've got to prepare your mental headspace to do it. Even if it's been sitting there for two months and it's like, damn, I haven't done it yet. Damn, I haven't started it yet. Oh, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Procrastinator. Uh, You know, these things happen. We all procrastinate at some time or other. We've all done that at least once in our whole lives. But what I'm trying to say here, dear listener, is the importance of framing your mind, framing and taming, so that you can just start that day of yours tomorrow with a little bit more edge, confidence, calm, focus, all of those things that count, comforts. And I'm telling you, one of the best ways to do it, or rather than including the mindfulness things, is the meditation, is the yoga, is the walking, is the running. It is not getting on Twitter the first thing in your morning or your day and then being held hostage to it for the entire day. I know, we've all been there. But come on, if you start your day by jumping onto Twitter, well. Now I recognize, once again, a caveat. I recognize there are people's jobs and some people whose jobs are about getting on Twitter to get information. I am not saying that that's not something they shouldn't do. They should do that. Because if you have a job or a duty that involves you having to get on Twitter to see what's what, see who's saying this, see who's saying that, see what news stories are out there, then you got to do that. But if you're someone whose job and your mission in life or in the day, in the day, does not depend on logging on to some social media, then stay away from it. Practice mindfulness. Practice focusing on you. Direct it all inward. Be selfish a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Take care of yourself before you take care of everybody else that you take care of. Or before you headlong into your work day. And that's what I'm saying. Organizing your life like that mentally. And then writing things down. There's no substitute for that. 
I know some people will use a laptop or write something down in an electronic diary. Write it down on a piece of freaking paper. Why does it... I mean, I get it. It's convenient and it's easy and it's right there. But I would write it down on paper. You know why? Because it's good to see your own handiwork. It is good to see your own handiwork. See that you've written it down. Not in some sterile electronic type. You've got to see what you're doing. It's your handiwork. Not some neutral keyboard uh, produced wordage, verbiage that you've typed in with your fingers. You need to get that pen, that ballpoint pen out. You need to get that piece of paper out. For me, it's a legal pad because it's just the nature of my work. But for you, it might be a blank sheet of paper. It might be the back of a newspaper. It might be a napkin for all I know. Or whatever it is. But you've got to do this. And then put down one task that you need to do today. Or two or three. And I've talked about this before. But please write this down. Write down a task you need to do that you've got to do. And make sure that you fulfill it. Okay, today this is what I have to do. I'm going to get this done. It's got to be one or two things. Sometimes it is only one thing. Sometimes it's only half of one thing that you get done in one day. But make sure you put down at least one thing. And you focus on getting that one thing done. If it's at your job, make sure you have to finish this particular project off. This is going to be finished today. I'm going to do it a day early. Right? Or something else. I'm going to get started on this or that or the other. I have to write this and that and the other. I've got to get this at least started today. It could be something like that. It could be, I've got to make sure I make this phone call to this particular person today. Today, today, today. And it can't be any later. It could be, I need to email this person over here. And I've got to make sure I do this today. Whatever it is in your life. Make sure that you write down one thing that you need to get done today. Not this week, that today. Whether that's Monday, whether it's whatever day you listen to this, whether it's today, Sunday, August 22nd, 2021 that you're listening to this, whatever date it is, you make sure you write something down that you haven't accomplished, that you need to get done, that you haven't done, that is capable of being done by the end of a day. Whatever it is, or at least start that thing. And I'm telling you, your mind will feel better. And especially if you write it down on paper as opposed to writing it on your iPhone or your laptop. I'm telling you, you will have a closer connection to your own written words than you will if you see them on a, an, I, an iPhone. Now, I get it. A lot of people have electronic diaries and they write stuff in an electronic diary. But I really do think and recommend that you should do it with a ballpoint pen. Write, 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 write and show your handwriting, show your work and write it down. Because I'm, I'm telling you, you will have a really, uh, I think you'll have a stronger relationship with the words you write than with the electronic type you type. And now... You may agree, you may not, and, and that's fine. But what I am simply suggesting to you is that when you write something down with your own hand, if you are able to, right, you've got to keep that in mind as well. It's very important. If you can write something down, if you're able to do so, wow, to see your words, to see what you're doing, creativity, it's powerful, man. And it's a good kind of powerful. And it makes you feel good. So make sure you do it. Every day, actualize yourself, energize yourself, believe in yourself. I tell you, believe in yourself. That is the number one thing that drives all of this is belief in you. And you have to find a way. 
And yes, others can believe in you, but you've got to believe in yourself somehow. You've got to believe in yourself. It's the most important thing. Because once you do that, once you believe in yourself, you can move mountains. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.